At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, and with me in the studio is Ron Hicks. Ron, welcome to the program. Thank you, Richard. It's always a pleasure to be here, brother. Yeah. Hey, uh, there's this little thing going on across the country called COVID-19. COVID-19. Otherwise, not 18, not 20. COVID-19. 19, just otherwise known as the coronavirus. Coronavirus, sure. Uh-huh. Have you heard about that? I, I I read a little something somewhere about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I And it's... Uh, it, I tell you, people are. Some people are freaking out. Um, so yeah. I think you know, some people are responsibly concerned. Um, there's there's all kind of you know from one end of the spectrum to the other. Now it has impacted other countries far greater than what we've oh, seen absolutely. here. Uh, China, uh, Italy, mm-hmm. uh, South Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a particularly aggressive virus, yeah. especially with uh, the elderly mm-hmm. uh, and those with uh, secondary. Uh, issues, health issues, COPD, diabetes, uh, congestive heart failure. Any, if you have any, a uh, pretty significant other disease, then then it's it's yeah, it's pretty serious. If you get it, it. it it's serious, and we're going to talk about that yeah. on this edition mm-hmm. of the Commonwealth Matters. Uh, how we should think through this issue. What is the Christian response to this issue? And uh, how to keep our wits about us, because the, there's, the, there's a lot of anxiety, yeah, a lot of fear. Is. And then interesting, you know, some people say, is there a Christian response to the, is a Christian response to everything? There so is. Yes, there's there, and we're going to, and we're going to yeah. get to that. Yeah. And I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want that to sound arrogant no, or no, condescending, no. but there is a distinct response depending yes. on your worldview mm-hmm. and on your convictions. Yes. It will determine how you respond. Yeah. And I would say that there is a particular response, whether it's uh, to a, a virus or a, a other tragedy, war, famine, there is a particular Christian response to that. And we'll talk about that mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in just a few minutes. But I want to give a quick update on how many cases are here in this country. The now, latest by the listeners, by the time you hear this, this these figures are probably it'll be a little be, bit dated. Yeah, dated, yeah. But mm-hmm. but uh, here, here's what we have, and this is uh, the the week of uh, March the 18th. Uh, so there's 5,600 total cases, mm-hmm. confirmed cases in this country. Could be more than that uh, yeah, because there are yeah. people who are sick or carrying it, mm-hmm. and they don't know it. Mm-hmm. But there are 5,600 confirmed cases. 100 deaths attributed to coronavirus. Many of these are elderly. Right. People in their 70s and 80s that have secondary health issues, all 50 states have confirmed cases. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, uh, there are a number of confirmed cases. I just learned in my neck of the woods, uh, I'm in Trigg County, far west Kentucky, the adjacent county, adjoining county, Lyon, just had its first Mm -hmm. confirmed case Mm -hmm. the other day. And there's been been, uh, a young lady, 27 years old, that's completely recovered. There's been one person in the state of Kentucky that has perished. Uh, but they had considerable underlying things. So so we've got celebration and, and mourning. Well, you know, one thing, Ron, that I learned in this uh, virus that makes it particularly scary is the mortality rate. And this is the mortality rate is how many people die when you when you get the right. mm-hmm. the disease. 
So with the typical flu, it's uh, about one-tenth of one percent. It's 0.1% with the average type typical flu are going to die. And again, many of those are elderly Mm -hmm. or very young children. compromised, right. With the Mm COVID-19, it's a 1% mortality rate. And you might think, well, 0.1%, 1%, not big, not that big of a deal. Put it in- One out of every hundred. Well, yeah, one out of every hundred. But if you put it in the terms of millions, now with the typical flu, we have about 40 million people mm-hmm. somewhere in that area that mm-hmm. will get it. I hate to do math on a radio program, but let's try to do it. Mm-hmm. If it's 40 million people that got the, the coronavirus, let's just do 10. Let's do 10 million to break it down easier. One percent, well, one tenth of one percent, I believe, is ten thousand. One percent is one hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. These are people who will die. Mm-hmm. It's ten thousand with the regular flu. One hundred thousand out of ten million will get, will die, perish from the coronavirus. That's just the one that, percent. That's right. right. You you take people in the eighty-year-old category, it goes up to fifteen percent. Fifteen percent of people eighty years or older perish because of it it's and if they get it so i think that it, right. i think that one percent is covers That's the whole the gamut whole, the, whole the whole demographic yeah. but you're you're in greater danger if you're older correct mm-hmm. or if you have right again these other right. type and of we don't underlying. say this to freak people out these are just facts so Facts are facts, and you know what is is, and and there are so we're just we're just kind of that's what the concern is is it's it's different because a lot of people well we get the flu we get you know all these other things well yeah but it's not exactly the same so so we're just you know information so Ron according to the Centers for Disease Control so far this year there have been between twenty thousand and forty thousand deaths in the United States with the regular flu. Okay. The reason why there's such a big range is because there are people who've died from the flu that they can't confirm. Right. They could have had some other issues, but Mm -hmm. the flu could have been a contributing cause. So between 20 to 40,000 deaths. I want to compare the COVID-19, which again, at this point, as as we are recording this program, there's only 100 deaths confirmed in this country due Mm -hmm. to it. Doesn't Mm -hmm. mean there won't be a lot more. Right. Hopefully, or, or, or less if, if they come in with a vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they, yeah, hopefully, we have done enough. Maybe we've done enough of this uh, social isolation, mm-hmm. social distancing to prevent its spread. But I want us to compare this COVID 19 to other health issues in this country. Okay. Today, in the United States, today, approximately 200 Americans will die of a drug overdose. Oh, wow. That's how we're in a drug epidemic, primarily heroin and opioids. Mm -hmm. So 200 Americans will die of a drug overdose on an average day in America. In 2009, we had the H1N1 strain of the flu. Mm -hmm. That's a particularly dangerous strain of the flu virus. In between mid-2009 and mid-2010, there were 60.8 million Americans who were infected with the H1N1 strain of the flu. Out of that, 60.8 60.8 million, 275,000 Americans were hospitalized. Mm-hmm. And out of that, 12,500 Americans died mm. from the virus. Mm-hmm. So that was a particularly uh, harsh, right. severe form mm-hmm. of the flu. Now, let's go back to the early 1900s. The Spanish flu epidemic of 1918 and 1919, a third of the world's population became infected 
with the Spanish flu, and that was really, really a deadly one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were 50 million deaths worldwide right. due to the Spanish flu, and then in this country, 675,000 Americans died. Ron, I was talking with one of my board members in far west Kentucky, and he remembers an aunt uh, who she came down with it, and uh, it might have been a great aunt, and then three of her children, three out of mm-hmm. four of her children died. Mm-hmm. And she was in uh, middle-aged, I think 30s, and then her children were younger, seven, eight, nine. But three out of four got the Spanish flu, and they died. And when I think of that- This is 1918, 1918, though. 1918, We had a neighbor that his, dad, his mom died because she, a, 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 she was trimming her rose bushes, got a thorn in her finger. It got infected, and she died from that. Yeah. You don't hear of anybody today that happening. Yeah. So, yeah. so medicine, doctors, and all the rest of that, you know, so. Hey, that, you know, and that's a really good point. So there's yeah. two, two sides to this. One is we've seen pandemics yes. where you have um, viruses and disease that spreads quickly and mm-hmm. kills a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We've seen that happen. On the other side, what you said is a good point. Mm-hmm. We have modern medicine. Yes. I think we have sanitation that's different. We have practices that are different. And uh, we can address yeah. pandemics much better than we mm-hmm. than we did uh, so many years ago. So uh, I think yeah. most of our listeners probably have hand sanitizer in their pocket, in their purse, in their office, in their car. Yeah. You know, ten years ago, you you, you didn't have it would be in hospitals, but you didn't you didn't have that ten years ago. Yeah. I think another thing too to consider, and uh, I'm not going to pretend I'm a scientist. I don't even play one on TV. But you just did a, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) but, and I, and look, I think that too, there are health standards in place in this country. I think in some regards, we're immune or we're healthier in some ways than they were a hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and uh, I want to be careful how I say that, but there are just certain things that put us in a better position, if right. you will, sure. than 100 years ago. Look, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. half of Kentucky did not have indoor plumbing in 1918, right. 1919. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it was uh, the, the, the sanitation mm-hmm. wasn't there. Mm-hmm. The hand sanitizer, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, mm-hmm. wasn't there. Right, right. So we're in a place where we uh, were just, I think, this is not as great of a threat as it was. And I don't want to undermine that. I don't want no, to downplay no. it right. at all. <clears throat> Well, in 1918, I wonder how long it took for every single American to be able to know it was coming. Uh, here, in in uh, one news cycle, every single person knew it was coming. Every single person. I mean, I, I how many people in 1918 had access to the Center for Disease Control? For you know, I'm I'm I I don't have cable TV, so I don't watch cable news. But I, I'm able. I've been tracking it every single day. I go on the, the CDC website. I go on the Kentucky Department of Health. Um, you know, I'm able to, I'm able to access a Mayo Clinic and, and all yeah. the rest of these. So, you know, we have access to all of the knowledge of the world, you know, on, on the internet. So, so, you know, as things change, as they develop, for instance, our church, you know, a lot of people are going to a contingency plan. What our church is, we're going to continue to meet, not out of defiance. We're not a large gathering, but, but when, when the virus hits an adjacent county, we go to our contingency plan. It's coming. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. But, but we're going to try to provide some sense of normalcy until it gets in adjacent county. Once it gets to adjacent county, it's a matter of time before it gets here. Confirmed cases, it's probably already here. Yeah. But then we're going to go to our contingency plan just, just to try to have some sense of normalcy. 
How do we know that? Because we have access to all this information that That's they right. didn't have in 1918. Well, we've so. got these handy-dandy uh, laptops yeah, that we're looking yeah. at and, yeah. and cell phones, yeah. and uh, we know what's going on. I can watch the governor's briefing every morning and every night uh, on, my, on my iPad. So, yeah. So even with this technology and this instant communication, one of the downsides is that it can, even though you can know what's going on instantly, mm-hmm. it can spread instant fear. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. there's a lot of people, Ron, that Good are very point. anxious, Good very point. fearful. Yes. And there's a lot of half-truths yeah. that are floating. Mm-hmm. My goodness, I was on the internet doing some research on this and reading various articles last night, and there's some crazy stuff out there. Yes. <laughs> there's a, yes. And I'm afraid to even say some of it. I'll just put it, leave it at that. Is yeah. there some crazy cockamamie, mm-hmm. crackpot ideas and people don't out even, they, they read it. They don't take a. They don't take thirty seconds to see is there any truth to this, and and they they forward it, they repeat it, they yeah. they say it as if it's true. You know, they're, they're, go to college, write a paper, and cite Wikipedia as a source. Probably not going <laughs> to get a good no, grade on that assignment. Yeah, they're right? going to take it. So a lot of stuff that's on the internet, just anybody can post up there. Uh, so we got to be careful. Absolutely. So there is fear. There is misinformation. There are conspiracy theories. Don't embrace that. Um, well, you're talking about a Christian response. Does the Bible have anything to say about fear? Absolutely. It's got a lot to say. Hmm. I mean, so 1 Timothy 1.7. That's what most right? everybody knows, right? For God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And a sound mind. That I think that's the key there. How can you not be afraid? Knowledge is power. Um, and, and, you know, the, the book of James says, if anybody lacks wisdom, and wisdom is simply knowing what to do, if you need to know what to do, ask God. So if you have information, if you have wisdom, if you have knowledge, uh, ask God, and then you don't have to be afraid right. because you have a sound mind, and, and so you make educated, informed decisions. And Ron, you know, we know that this world is not all there is, mm-hmm. that our hope is not in the economy, mm-hmm. our hope is not in our job, no. our hope is not in this vaccine that doctors might be working on. Or a presidential candidate, or a new governor, or... <laughs> and, and even though... The economy is important, mm-hmm. even though it's important that we have a job so we can sure. put food on the table, sure. even though it's good to fight against disease yeah. and, to, and to, for scientists to be looking for a vaccine, we know that there is an ultimate reality, that there is the God of the universe Come who on, sustains all things, yeah. and he is even in the midst of this corona scare. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can have confidence in that. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to downplay what we're seeing Absolutely in this physical not. world, in this reality that's around us. There is a spiritual reality yeah. behind the scenes that we don't see, that we we don't that is not evident to many. But we know there's a God who's in control. Yeah. So this gives us confidence as believers. Sure. We can, and that's how we cannot fear, right? Yeah. yeah. For God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. Why? Because we know there's a God Absolutely. that holds all things in His hands. Right. Paul writing a letter to the to the church in Rome, a, a church, a people he hadn't even met yet. And he writes and he tells them, you know, that, that all things work together for the good. He, he, he doesn't say everything's good, but, but for those who are called according to God and according to his purpose, he's standing ready to work good out of every single situation. So, so is there good to be worked? Churches are in a prime position to be able to minister to those who might be quarantined and that sort of stuff. S- schools are shut down. Great time for churches to be able to minister Helping to be able to get food and supplies to you know to families and things like that. So. And you and you've been involved with that. And I want us to talk a little okay, bit yeah, more right. about that mm-hmm. in a minute. All right. 
I got a couple Jump more gun passages. Right, go no, you're you're good. Right, yeah, yeah. Give them the word because that might be the only truth they hear from us. Well, no, <laughs> I'm teasing, but no. Yeah. And you're doing some really good things that I do want us to talk about in a few minutes. Some ministry, practical. Roll up your sleeves, get down to it, and minister mm-hmm, to people. Mm-hmm. We'll get that to in a minute. There's another verse though, Ron, that I wanted to share yeah. with the listeners, and this is Philippians four six through seven. Yeah, yeah. This is one of my favorite verses yes. when I'm prone to being anxious mm-hmm. or to worry. And I'm gonna confess, I know this is people are listening all across Kentucky, mm-hmm. maybe even other states. Mm-hmm. Richard Nelson worries sometimes. Mm. And mm. I've had anxiety mm. sometimes. I've had tough things happen. And you as a brother, yeah. you know some of yes. what mm-hmm. is things mm-hmm. I've been concerned about and worried about. But this passage in Philippians four, six through seven is one that is kind of like an inoculation, a spiritual inoculation. Yeah, to me. I was thinking on the on the other, you know, you have a scale. If you have worry on one side, there's something you can put on the other side of that scale to balance it out. Yeah. And, um, and, and I believe the scripture talks about prayer and supplication. It does. And so this is what Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer mm. and su- supplication. Mm-hmm. Let your requests be made known to God, mm. and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, all understanding right. will guard your hearts and your minds mm. in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Ron, this passage yes. grounds me as much as anything, because God says not to worry. Read it again. Read Look, it just one more time for our listeners. Read yeah, that. Yeah. So, do not be anxious about anything. About anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Yeah. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your will. hearts and your minds mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let that soak in, listener. That's good. Yeah, Go ahead. What it, were you, let, you were making a comment about that. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so when you do that, first of all, don't be anxious, mm-hmm. but be in prayer. Let your request be made known to God. And this is the promise. And the peace of God that pass, surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts yeah, and your not minds. might, not it could, but it will. It will. Yeah. And I have experienced this. Mm-hmm. I really, I've been through the fire. Mm-hmm. I've been through mm-hmm. trials where mm-hmm. it's like all hell is breaking loose, mm-hmm. but God has given me this peace of his that mm-hmm. surpasses all understanding. Mm-hmm. And this is a peace that followers of Jesus can have right now. Mm-hmm. And I think when we truly have that, Ron, it's attractive. People oh, wonder, absolutely. well, why aren't you panicking? Yeah. Why aren't you worried? Or, mm-hmm. Uh, how can you minister to others in this time? Yeah. When, well, that's a beautiful thing. It, it, to not panic when everybody else is panicking isn't natural. Uh, and so, so we, we, even though we are residents of a natural world, we are actually endowed by a supernatural God. We are supernaturally uh, gifted, and we have a supernatural Holy Spirit that guides us and all. So, so even though we live in the natural, we bring a glimpse into the supernatural realm because we don't fear as others fear. We don't. We're not hopeless as others are hopeless. Right. Now, Ron, I want to get back to what's going on with the government. Got it. Some mm-hmm. of the response by the government, there was an emergency session of Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Mitch McConnell, majority leader mm-hmm. of the U.S. Senate, right from here in Kentucky, has been working closely with the White House. They are unrolling a stimulus package, an aid package right. to Americans and to businesses mm-hmm. uh, to the tune of close to a trillion dollars. Right. So for those of you who are out of work, for those of you who might have your businesses shut down, I'm thinking at this point, the restaurants, the coffee shops, mm-hmm. uh, they're shut down. We've seen the NFL, or I'm sorry, the, the major sports leagues, the mm-hmm. NBA, the mm-hmm. NHL. Uh, we've seen college sports shut down. 
Well, there's a stimulus package sure. that's being put together. It might have even passed by the time might, they're dealing with it right now. So who knows what the status is. One of the things they're saying is that every American of working age mm-hmm. is going to get a check mm-hmm. in the mail. Mm-hmm. How much it will be, that's to be determined. Right. I've heard numbers from $1,000 to $4,500. So there is some assistance there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be too little too late because the economy is already putting the brakes on. Oh, absolutely. Well, I met with a group of pastors this morning here in my office. We have coffee. We typically go to a local restaurant. Uh, we've gotten to know the, the waitress, a particular lady usually serves us. We've got to be friends with her, and, and we usually pray for her, leave a generous tip, because we realize that if food service people in the state of Kentucky make a couple of bucks an hour, yeah. and yeah. tips is how they actually, well, that person is not going, you know, the place is shut down. And so instead of us meeting there, you know, what we normally provide f- for her and, and the other, that, that's gone. That, yeah. That's just, that's absolutely gone. Yeah. And often people, I don't know the rest of her family's financial situation, but uh, folks who don't have an emergency reserve or p- people who don't have four to six months, as Dave Ramsey tells us, you know, um, folks who live paycheck to paycheck, when that paycheck's not in, I mean, immediately they're, they're in dire straits, immediately. So, yeah. so you know, there's opportunities abound for, for ministry here. A lot of opportunities, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, we will get to that in just a minute. I keep wanting to I wanna, insert that I know, in but, And that might be the most important thing, but <laughs> I want to give a – So sure, here sure. in Kentucky, yeah. the governor, we're in a – really practically, we're in a state of emergency. The president yes, has yeah. called it a mm-hmm. state of emergency. Uh, Andy Bashir, our governor, has uh, made a, had a number of press conferences. We're essentially in a state of emergency yeah. here. Every morning at 8, he does a press conference. Restaurants are closed down, coffee shops – any gatherings of 10 or more that he's asking to to dismiss those, to not get together with more than mm-hmm. 10 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually a person in Bardstown that was identified, confirmed to have this, and there's a state police officer put on that person. Yeah, he, they refused he, to be quarantined. Yeah, they, right. this mm-hmm. person just mm-hmm. wanted to keep doing what yeah, he was doing because yeah, yeah. he didn't feel very uh-huh. bad. Mm-hmm. But the governor has ordered this person right. to have a police officer to make sure he stays away from other people. Uh-huh. So that's happening. The Cabinet for Health and Family Services, under the Kentucky Revised Statutes, this is our state law, uh, has the power to prevent the introduction uh, or the spread of communicable diseases, infectious or contagious diseases, Mm -hmm. when they see that they can uh, stop the interaction and stop this from spreading. They have power to step in and to, uh, to, to force isolations. And that's what Governor Bashir is uh, is doing right now. Uh, so, Ron, I do want us to pivot to how should we think biblically about this? No, I don't want to talk you about know. it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, brother. You're a pa- I know you preached yesterday. You're a pastor, but or, yeah, a couple days ago, anyway. Uh, so, you know, one thing. So, I, I'm gonna be transparent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's a part of me that's frustrated. Yes. That seems like we're overreacting. That we we're using a sledgehammer instead of a scalpel approach, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? We're closing down and shutting down seasons, closing businesses that are impacting real people. When it seems that there could be other things, let's wear gloves, let's wear a mask, stay away from the elderly, unless and, and if you do need to be around them to help them, be very careful. Right. Well, school seems shutting like down. You know, we, have, we right we share a parking lot with a school that has five hundred and fifty children in it. Um, and um, it's you know in the state of Kentucky, you know they're they're uh, the the, um, uh, the 
what am I trying to say? The economic status of everybody is not the same. And so a lot of our, uh, 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 well, all of our, our kids in elementary school get taxpayer fan- funded lunch. And so you have a lot of single uh, parents or both parents that are working. So you have children at home uh, that are going to be home for a month. Right. Now, I just talked to the school system yesterday. They have 550 children. I asked them how many lunches are actually being picked up. Yeah. Yesterday was the most. It was 150. Wow. So you have, you have, uh, 400 children yeah. uh, that may be eating at home or they, that mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whoever takes care of them, doesn't have the means to actually get them here right. to right. be able to pick up their lunches. And so and uh, they, they're trying to work out a plan to deliver lunches. But here's the crazy thing. The, the health department, you can't just throw a bunch of bag lunches on a bus, right. you know, because of so. So, uh, you know, you're kind of handcuffed. So we called the school and say, what is it that we can do? Yeah. So they're in the middle of meeting. Uh, to be able to figure out, can churches swing by? Because right now, if you pull up, uh, for every lunch, there has to be a child in the car. Yeah. Um, so if I pull up my church van and say, hey, give me 100 lunches, I'm going to take it to an area, uh, they, they, they can't do that. Uh, right. Right, that that's uh, when, when you shared that with me, I, I expressed a little frustration, but mm-hmm. they know you. You've ministered there to the, to the students in the past, and I understand that precautions have to be mm-hmm, in mm-hmm, place because mm-hmm. they don't want people taking advantage of it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate your willingness to put yourself out there to help bring the lunches to the kids who need them. Well, but I mean, but, that's but I'm no different than every, every preacher in America. I mean, everybody is thinking, you know, what is it that can we do? When school shut down, our, our my first thought was, well, let's have something so, for the kids, but that would defeat the purpose of shutting school down. So, so here's a couple. That's a great, you're doing a great thing, Ron, but here's something that, and any of the listeners can do, if you have a neighbor who's elderly, mm-hmm. check in on them. Give them a call if you have their number or just knock on their door and see how they're doing. Ask them if you can minister to them. Pick up their groceries. Do they have prescriptions that they need to have yes, picked yeah. up? Do they have, you know, let me uh, let me either run to the store for you. Do you have dry cleaning? You know, what is it that I can yes. do to be able to minister to you? Uh, talk to them across the fence. Um, you know, a lot of senior adults, their social interaction is church. Well, if churches cancel... They're not going to have that social interaction. So you can keep the social distances, but that's right. but, but talk to that, them. That's right. Now would be a great time to pick up the phone and call folks. And when you talk to them, so here's another thing. Mm-hmm. Be that calm in the midst of the right. storm. When somebody's anxious or right. worried, bring that calming influence. And I think that there will be an opportunity for gospel conversations. Sure. For, why are you calm? Why are you not panicking? Well, because let me tell you, because this passage in 1 Timothy yes. 1.7 tells me, to uh, that God doesn't give me a spirit of fear. And let me tell you about that. Yeah. Every listener out here has experienced this. You're going to have a tooth pulled. You say to somebody, uh, you say to somebody, hey, I'm going to have a tooth pulled. And, and, and invariably somebody says, oh, I, I had a next door neighbor's friend or they died from that. Everybody goes to the, oh, to the worst extreme. Let's not so, do well, that. Yeah, let's don't do that. Just hey, say, hey, you know, people have recovered from the coronavirus. By the way, we're all mortals. We're not going to live forever, barring yes. the return of Christ, okay? Yeah. But uh, we should be thinking about our mortality, that we aren't going to live forever. And whether the coronavirus gets us or something else, there's an ultimate reality behind it. And we have opportunities to share our hope and our faith and to minister to those who are in great need right now. Ron, we are out of time. I wish we could go on, but uh, it's been good to have you on the program. Absolutely. Listeners, don't be afraid. We have a spirit of power and of a sound mind. Amen. God bless you.
At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit commonwealthmatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters.